0: I'm Aaron Armstrong. I'm Pete Moran. And we love to watch. We love to watch. I pledged with a zombie.
1: Welcome to SlugFast two. 2017, we're number still, two. We're still <laughs> doing movies that I think qualify as slug movies. I think this one's a pretty solid entry in the canon, to be honest. <laughs> this one's a hole-in-one. It's amazing how much has to get edited out as we giggle to each other after every <laughs> sentence.
0: <laughs> I assure you, the raw version of all of these episodes <laughs> is Are unusable. unusable. I mean, that's... That is the case of all of our podcast episodes,
2: uh, because we giggle to ourselves, we get tired, we forget what we're saying. This is really the magic's in the editing. They'll they'll tell you this in film school, but let me tell you right here, as someone who's not been to film school, they're right.
0: (laughs) I can confirm this fact that that if you guys had to listen to us giggling at our own jokes and then collecting ourselves and then doing a second take on a not great joke. Honestly, we we keep in only, there's a lot of giggles on the final product,
2: we keep in only about 25% of all giggles, I would say. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, I think I'm more of a, I think I'm more of a giggle police uh, on the edit sometimes. Sometimes I go a little too far, I cut out a few too many edits. I like it to
2: sound like we're real people having
0: real fun. <laughs> real fun, Real fun, real people. When you're
2: here, your family.
0: Yes, real time. Do you think? Do you think we could get
2: sued if we like our subtitle for this podcast is "We love to watch when you're here, your family"?
0: <laughs> like it doesn't make sense, Here's but thing. Okay, it,
2: it feels warm.
0: You have to. Are you having a stroke? No, <laughs> and it smells <laughs> like toast. Right? That's what that slogan smells like to you—is burnt toast, right? Everything's okay. Uh, do, I okay. So the the way it works usually, if you're dealing with a, a normal size corporation or just like any business, it has to be a competing thing. And as far as I know, there's no Olive, official Olive Garden <laughs> podcast. <laughs> so. Okay, well then I think I think we're in good
2: shape because there's no one out there who's ever like, oh man, I really want unlimited salad and breadsticks, or listen to two guys talk about a 1980s horror movie.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I just like the idea of a breadstick cast where it's like, day. Day 367, the, the bottomless bread bowl still has no bottom.
2: <laughs> well, it's also like it has to, like, confuse people, right? Like, it has to, someone someone would have to listen to our podcast thinking that that qualified as eating an Olive Garden. And probably <laughs> about the time they're like, wait, opening segment, I don't even have my
0: soup yet. <laughs> 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 but this is what? what this is the we love to love we have to watch promise if you pledge to us on patreon i will st- send you a bag of gnocchi i won't say how fresh it is i won't say if it even comes oh you do sauce. the you do the gnocchi you don't do the zupa i'm gonna be honest i've never been to an olive garden restaurant and here's why um you've never
2: been to an olive so what you're saying peter is that you don't have a family
0: Uh, yeah, I've never been there, so I've never been family. Familia, as they say. Just, just, yeah, okay, this bit died pretty early. Just, let's skip it,
2: (laughs) and then I just, I'm actually just more curious as how you've never eaten at an Olive Garden.
0: Um, I don't know, that wasn't our fast, casual dining that we were interested in. Did you do, Uh, like, a Red Lobster? No, because uh, we weren't a fish family, really. I didn't start eating fish till like a year ago, basically. <laughs> you weren't a fish family. <laughs> we weren't a fish family. I eat mean, canned tuna. You, we had, we it? didn't have gills. <laughs>
2: Yeah, um, my family I like the a idea bunch of, of someone, someone, walking into a Red Lobster thinking they're eating seafood and then being greeted by all these fish families. I like oh, the-, <laughs> the horror! Oh, oh, but the cheddar bay biscuits are good so
0: I, I like the idea that a um, a Lovecraftian monstrosity rises up out of the sea and then gets a job in the suburbs of Chicago, but they still miss, you know the the fish the fish of the sea so they have to go to Red Lobster on occasion. This is I know we weren't planning like our segment was supposed to be going through uh,
2: Spooktober movies, but now I'm curious of what chain restaurants you haven't eaten
0: in. Uh, what about Perkins or Denny's? I've eaten at a Perkins and I've eaten at Denny's. Actually, my uh, grandfather uh, was a Perkins was on the Denny's <laughs> board at some point. Okay, the Denny's board of directors for some reason he was just like one of those. He just had, had like, one of those business exec jobs where he, like, hopped from different major companies to major companies. Grandpas grandpa's have that. I like the idea better that, like, my
2: grandpa was a Perkins restaurant.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm 20% 20 Perkins. Yeah. My grandmother spent her teen years fucking roller coasters, and then eventually she found her way. To settle down with a nice Perkins restaurant. That's,
2: that's nice.
0: Okay, so like, if you did go for
2: shitty pasta, but like, okay, it's fine, whatever. Where'd you go?
0: We were a Chili's family, predominantly. Oh, Chili's, Chili's
2: is Chili's is garbage.
0: Listen, I'm not saying that Chili's is great food. What I'm saying is that Chili's. Is Would the you best say food that when I've you're had? there,
2: <laughs> when when you're there, your foster family? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. No, when you're there, you're familia. They speak Italian? Isn't the that is familiar Spanish also for? No.
2: Yeah. Okay. I mean, you're really asking the wrong person. Listen. Listen. <laughs> listen. These Things romance got real languages, serious. they're interchangeable. Look, I took Latin. <laughs> <laughs> you did not take Latin. <laughs> I did take Latin. <laughs> no, you didn't. I was i was one Why? of those people that, yeah, well, I was you know, it was like, this one's easy. You never have to speak it. And I'm like, fucking done. <laughs> i don't have to i don't have to learn an actual language school's a
1: joke to me
0: uh, i'll never need any of this i'm gonna live forever in my uh, world in my word, world latin is the class that dorks take to impress other dorks
2: no it was just because i heard these stories of people in spanish classes and like at some point like in the second one the teacher would just speak spanish and if you didn't know it, you didn't understand what was going on. like, that sounds like garbage to me. I don't have to uh, learn a different language. I can barely pronounce this one very well. <laughs> <laughs> and, You're barely doing very much good. I know. And so uh, so. Uh, there was someone was like, well, if you take Latin, because it's a dead language, you just have to learn like verb conjugation and stuff. And I'm like, sounds like a home run to me.
0: Yeah, that sounds like it hit it out of the park. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway, so it spooked over. Uh, so last week, Peter,
1: before we get into the real slugfest, did you want to also say something in that voice? <laughs> I decided that you were maybe going to say something immediately after, so I did what normal human beings do and was patient. (laughs) I'm sticking with the tit-for-tat structure of this. (laughs) It kind of sounds weird when you do it for too long. Yeah, well, if you just do it by yourself, it was extra awkward. I almost (laughs) restarted the entire podcast. (laughs) Randy Savage did it by himself for 40 years and no one liked him. Uh, so,
2: yeah, so we're doing, we actually watched some fucking horror movies. Uh, it is October 3rd. Peter, my list uh, last week was 60. It's up to 64. And I have, like, this whole contingent of other movies that I'm, like, eyeing. Like, I'll, I'll talk about that in a second where I'm like, that's oh, not on my list. But, you know, I'd really like to watch those. So it's already off the rails. At most, I'm probably going to get 45. But I am off to a good start. It's October 3rd. Uh, I've seen seven new to me horror movies peter where are you at
0: what a good baby boy uh i'm at six new to me horror movies uh oh so 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 hold on so just to be clear i'm winning uh you're winning um you also will probably win while i'm at a funeral this weekend like i think you're just gonna oh not well doesn't that count as like
2: that kind of counts as like Ten, I think, <laughs> because <laughs> because it is a first of
0: all, it's new to you
2: because you haven't been to this funeral before. Yeah,
0: most funerals and It's, a, it's a real life horror. Yeah, I hope you're not burying the same person multiple times. That would be a grim pageant. Yeah, Aaron, uh, why don't you uh, kick off with the movie that we both started the month off with? Because like the like the cuties we are. So I'm actually going to say no because I want to circle back to one more thing quick, uh, which is uh, I i watched
2: two movies before Spooktober. They don't count. No, we're not. I'm not trying to count them. I'm throwing a pen down. Fucking Peter. Oh, my God. I'm not trying to count them. Uh, One of them was Night of the Creeps, which we're talking about tonight, which both Peter and I were like, oh, hey, you know how we're going to be watching a lot of horror movies in October? But this one won't count. We should really get it out of the way so we could watch different horror movies mm-hmm. because we have problems. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I also watched uh, Phantasm. And the reason I'm saying that is because I, uh, I've seen Phantasm before. I watched a very shitty copy. I didn't really like it. Everyone told me try it again with the remaster. I did. I loved it, which is why these, these Phantasm sequels are looking pretty good for getting added to my list. Phantasm sequels are like the side piece to my letterbox. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, spoiler alert. I keep adding new shit to my list, but I'm like bumping it all the way to the bottom. Like, listen, let's not get let's not get two in, in our own heads. Let's let's keep this reasonable.
2: So, yeah. So Peter and I, though, also this year, we started with the first
0: uh, the same first movie, uh, The Lure. the Lure. The Lure. <laughs> Uh, not, it's not a nickname for Boslerman, though it is a musical. Uh-huh. It's yeah, way more no. musically than I thought it was going to be. So much more musical. musical.
2: I knew it was a musical, but I thought it was like one of those movies, like, uh, I don't know, like 500 Days of Summer that has like one musical number somewhere in there. And you're like, oh, it's like kind of a musical.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, was it Lala La Land kind of like that? No. Uh, okay. Lala <laughs> <laughs> L- 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 Man's like, La Man.
2: Lala Man. all the powers of the (laughs) (laughs) Uh, lala yeah yeah i think so yeah so it's uh but it's really really good uh brandon leday former guest on this show uh had been telling us for a long time to watch it uh so it was it was very near the top of my anticipation and it delivered on on every level Peter, why don't you go through, um, I don't think we have any other crossovers, but how about we, we, we'll just do it like we did last
0: year, where you can go through your movies, uh, you know. Uh, so, after the lore, which I also really, really liked, thank you very much, Brandon Lede, Uh flicks. Um, Swamp Flicks. Swamp Do you think it makes him happy for us to say the name of his website in the Russell Man voice?
2: Here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking not so much about what Brandon wants, but I think... You know, we we care a lot about thematic appropriateness, and what's in the swamps, Peter? Flicks, <laughs> definitely flicks. I mean, specific uh, specifically if you're talking a- specifically if you're talking about the you know the podcast and website Swamp Flicks, you you know mm-hmm. you're you're on the nose there.
0: But I mean, like think bigger, think like swamps in general. Um, I would say there's probably humanoids in those swamps, right? Peter, have you ever been to a swamp? Uh, No, what are swamps? They're like this
2: wet area, but one thing that they do definitely have is they got
1: slugs, baby. (laughs) They got slugs in the swamp. Uh, So talking to that voice is thematically appropriate. (laughs) (laughs) And also wrestling is something that Southern people are really into. I mean, I've only met one, and his name is Brandon, and he loved it.
0: (laughs) Uh, Marcus is also Marcus Jones. I know. I've Uh... met more than one. It was just a joke. I've met more than one Southern person. Okay. 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 okay, okay, okay. (sighs) Okay. Okay. Oh. Anyways, um, I watched two movies so far out of my six that I, like, loved so much that, like, I think maybe on a couple rewatches might end up. All time favorites, which is really good for the start of the month. One is Messiah of Evil, which is this psychedelic, kind of like lopsided zombie movie that but it's sort of uh, Lovecraftian, big, ominous, creepy town that like a woman comes in and she's trying to unravel the mystery, but can never quite get it. And it's directed in by uh, Willard Huck, Huck and Gloria Katz, and they wrote it and directed it. And it was released the same year as they wrote uh, American Graffiti. So really strange thing where they got this like movie that's kind of like half forgotten. It doesn't even have like a blue. I I watched a crappy YouTube rip because it doesn't have like a decent release. And then also I watched today Abominable Dr. Fibes. Abominable Dr. Fibes fits in so much with my favorite type of horror movies. It's like early 70s, late 60s British movie with All of these actors you recognize, like people from Willy Wonka and Tales from the Crypt and Vault of Horror and those Amicus movies, like those kind of British actors. It stars Vincent Price, and it's just a series of really creative kills. It's like a self-aware comedy horror way Mm -hmm. before I thought they made those in this style, this kind of like goofy style. I loved Dr. Fives. Definitely check it out. Um, And then I watched Blood and Black Lace, which even as a Mario Bava fan, I wasn't like super into. Um, I, I watched a handful last year that I was really into, Black Sunday and Black Sabbath, notably. So I watched Phantom of the Opera. I've never seen a film version of Phantom of the Opera. Did you see 1925? I watched the 1945 version with Claude Rains. Oh. So I have that universal classic monsters box set so i started yep. there i've actually only seen the 25 i i have, i added the 25 to my list because i really want to watch it now it's really good uh and then i also watched creepy which is a kiyoshi kurosawa movie i don't really want to say much about it without spoiling it but it is in fact creepy uh really creepy movie really well produced it's not as good as like a cure but uh it's still really really solid and and like most of those kind of movies and those like japanese horror movies like yeah, it could have lost 20 minutes, but, like, there's not, like, a bad scene in it. So, creepy is really fun if you want a Asian-style horror movie to, to kick off your month with. And w- was that it? That's
2: it? Huh. It goes so fast.
0: Every year, it's just...
2: <laughs> so, I watched uh, The Lure. I watched Humanoids from the Deep, uh, which is a Roger Corman production. So, uh, it has all of the normal uh, issues that Roger Corman movies uh, do have. It's interesting in its audaciousness about how many taboo things it breaks. Uh, Directed by a woman as well. Uh, I'm forgetting the name. So if you're doing a 52 films by women and want to watch a crazy-ass Roger Corman horror movie, I I mean, I don't know if there's another one, to be honest. (laughs) Uh, So I would definitely check out Humanoids from the Deep. Also on Sunday, I went and saw It with my wife. Uh, We both really, really, really loved it. And good. that's coming, and that's coming from someone who uh, has not read the book. I actually read the first like seventy five pages, uh, trying to finish it before the movie, and there was just no way that was going to happen. Uh, and then I've I've only seen like uh, little bits and pieces of the miniseries too. So, which which in some ways was was good because I really didn't know where the story was going. I wasn't able to see what they left out or what they missed or to compare it to anything, and I was just able to see uh, a very scary horror movie with some really great like you know preteen performances and like that feeling of being kind of the outcast in elementary school or or junior high. So I really liked it.
0: Yeah, uh, I kind of envy you in a sense, uh, because as much as I love the book and I really did love the movie, it would be kind of fun to uh, have the movie be its own thing.
2: Uh, So I also watched uh, a movie called Dead End Driving. Okay, which is this uh, Ozploitation movie.
0: Love those. Um,
2: yeah, directed by the same guy who did BMX Bandits. I forget the name of the director. Uh, but, the BMX uh, Bandit. But uh, Quentin Tarantino says that this is his favorite movie by him and he he loves it. Uh, it is not strictly a horror movie. Uh, it is one of those unclassifiable movies that just sometimes gets lumped into, I don't know, comedy. I don't know, science fiction. I don't know, action. I don't know, horror. Whatever. Like, it it has elements of all of it, but it is uh, extremely unique. Uh, I absolutely loved it. Loved, loved, loved it. Hard to recommend for Spooktober, because I think it only kind of classifies as a horror movie, but highly recommended to to watch in general. You haven't seen that one, have you, Peter?
0: I have not. uh, I always confused it with Blood Diner. Oh, yeah. uh, Uh, It's on my list, too. They have similar covers. I fucking love Blood Diner. Definitely would recommend Dead End Drive-In. I watched Beyond
2: the Gates, which is from 2016. Uh, It's on Netflix. It's this uh, movie about uh, these two brothers who uh, find a haunted, like those old VHS board games. And it was okay. (laughs) (laughs) It was, I was actually, this one I was pretty excited about to watch, especially a more recent one. Conceptually, it's great. It's, It's horror movie Jumanji, which sounds
0: great. Yeah, it's a good concept. Great concept, the idea uh, they especially if do... you welcoming it in, like by playing something you thought was an innocent fun is like it's a pretty potent horror concept. And then combined with like the nostalgia, of both the VHS era
2: and then the those VHS board games that I don't know, I don't know if you played.
0: I, I only, I yeah, I had one a friend who had one, but he never wanted to play it because the TV, the basement TV, didn't have a remote, so you had to oh. run up and pause it. Yeah, <laughs> no, they were. They were not all that fun. So
2: those two things combined were good. They did almost nothing interesting with the concept whatsoever. Good concept, poor execution. If you're out there and want to make a horror movie that rips off a good concept, well, well, I guess rip off Jumanji and do a better version of it, I
0: guess (laughs)
2: is the way to say it. Then I saw Salem's Lot, which is my long one for the year. It's three hours I just spoke about last week. Uh, how hard it is to get in these three hour ones, so I didn't want to save it. I just got it out of the way. Have you seen *Sam's Lot*? Peter? I did as
0: a child, and it scared the okay. fuck out of me. Um, it's uh, and I, I, it scared me as a child. I have not seen it since. Especially in the wake of Toby Hooper's death, I've been meaning to get around to it. So I I liked it
2: a decent amount. It's not one of my favorites. I liked how old fashioned the the vampires were. It is just, you know, it's the the main master vampire, his human servant, who's trying to cover up everything for him. And then he slowly turns, you know, people in the town to vampires. Uh, and that's it. Like, fucking crosses you, across pressed against a vampire can still kill them, which I can't remember the last movie that I've seen where crosses did anything. That's like, that's like the first thing that, that the vampires nowadays are like, you you read that in a stupid book, you idiots. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh,
0: So, so would you say, would you say it's worth uh, watching? I think it's absolutely worth watching. It's like $8 Uh, on Blu-ray right now. So yeah.
2: And it's, it's scream. It's shout factory or scream factory that put that out. So the restoration is gorgeous. And yeah, I, I, I liked it quite a bit. The uh, the last one I watched, the seventh, uh, and we're gonna we're gonna do a little theme song for the new segment in Spooktober Watchathon called Kids Corner. Kids, kids corner. Kids corner.
0: We're talking about kids movies.
2: In the corner,
0: there is horrors. <laughs> kids get spooked. Parents also get spooked. If you're a kid, don't watch it. If you're a parent. Watch it to make sure that it's okay for your children. Be good parents. (laughs) Save up money for your kid's college fund. Set some boundaries.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You're their parent, not their friend. (laughs) Yeah, so that'll be the theme song that we're going to remember and do for the next five weeks. Uh, And I actually want to try to do this because I have five kid targeted horror movies on my list. I'm going to try to watch one a week. So, in this week's Kids Corner,
0: (laughs) hold on, I'm just doing a quick skateboard trick. Boom! Landed it. What was that? Was that a pop shove it? What are we working with?
2: Oh, I did a 360... No scope? Ollie. (laughs) Classic. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my God, guys. Skateboarding, chugging the dew, (laughs) rock climbing, checking the interest on your 401k. Oh, all the kid activities. I did them all. And I watched
0: uh, The Witches. Uh, I grew up with The Witches also, and I love The Witches. I've never seen it. Nicholas Rogue, who did a
2: Walkabout uh, and Don't Look Now, great movies. I, I liked it quite a bit. I was a little disappointed with some of it. A- Angelica Houston is great. The Jim Henson uh, produced special effects uh, are all amazing. Um, I just was a little bit down on the fact that like 40 minutes in the movie is like, oh, they're mice now. everything else was really good leading up to that point and then the finale was amazing and i imagine terrifying for you as a kid peter um yes so i don't know how scared you were as a kid but it is like a bunch of people mutating violently into mice uh, in in long stages for 10 minutes
0: it's weird how even as a kid you can like mentally tell that something is not like other movies you've seen. Yeah. Because of how much certain cultures have, like, specific, like, film traditions. So it didn't Mm -hmm. look like an American movie to me because Nicholas Rogue's sensibilities made it feel like a more wily, like, even, like, Roman Polanski-esque, like free floating camera and it felt like a european horror movie i didn't have a name for it at the time obviously but it felt so weird and it felt different,
2: different. To me. yeah you know i feel i feel the same way about the first never ending story which was you know german director wolfgang peterson's first movie that something about uh, about that felt otherworldly to me as yeah. a kid
0: yeah, and it's a it's a film that uh, I had a lot of affection for as a kid because it was something that scared me, but I could muster through. I could have a Chucky Finster moment. Yeah. So yeah, so
2: those are those are the first seven for me, first six for you, Peter. Good effort. Maybe you'll do better next week.
0: Uh, and if not, I mean, I can just give up watching horror movies altogether. I mean, that's probably what will end up happening. But <laughs> I've been pretty proud of my effort. I've been I, I've been uh, doing a. Thing we should yes. say
2: it is October third. Yeah, already, I watched seven movies. If I
0: watched it this, Peter's rate, watch I would be six. at sixty-two by yeah. the end of the month. I will not. Continue at this rate. Um, I doubt either of us. I would be at over 70. <laughs> yes, I doubt either of us would be uh, at this rate. So anyways. Um, pretty good start, I think. I for think both it's pretty good so start. I, I, I've been like <laughs> – I know I have an iPad. I, what I really do is on it is uh, recently I've been watching movies on it yeah. on my iPad for – Uh, While I'm at the gym So I'm on Mm -hmm. like a rowing uh, You know like a Biking machine Or the treadmill And I'll watch I know about all the machines And uh, you know The big machines The little machines You can only do like Pretty much anything That you're standing Staring at The center console It's helped me Get get through Some of these These horror movies Especially like I watched Creepy On one And I was quite a fan Of doing it that way Because like When it gets a little slow At the end Like I'm I'm on a treadmill I'm just kind of walking Like it kind of Keeps your energy up. Here's the other reason why I'm sure it's pretty great. There's a lot of
2: overcrowding at gyms. And I'm sure it gives you a wide berth with no one
0: wanting to run next, <laughs> next to the to person who's being who's being motivated by the Japanese horror movie. <laughs> it's not even – and the thing is like it's not like I'm watching it like, ooh, I got a spook. Now I have more energy to run. It. What it basically is is like I'm taking my brain out of my skull and then ho- hovering it over the movie. Uh, and then hopefully I forget about my legs and my arms. So how – Big of an erection do you get during these movies and the running? Uh, I have to buy a new iPad because an erection knocked the iPad off the console.
1: Oh, it's a little TikTok Talk. Dick <laughs> Fans. All right, as long as we're in this. like a
0: dick? Slugs?
1: A slug. <laughs> a slug. <laughs> I just realized that the Dick Talk and the Slug Festival voice are the same. Once again, our character work is not great. <laughs>
0: <laughs> if, we were, if we had a report card for this podcast, under the voices section, there would be an N.I. for needs improvement.
1: <laughs> it's like we barely pay attention to what we do during these things. <laughs> it's really sloppy work. Everyone should be disappointed in us.
0: <laughs> would you like to talk about slugs? Do you want to talk about specifically Night of the Creeps? Yeah, let's do it, creep. Put
1: your head on my shoulder.
2: You love me too so alternate taglines
0: god the regular tagline is so good the regular tagline is really good it's a it's which, one of my favorites of all of horror what what what's the exact tagline okay so it's uh good news is your dates are here the bad news is they're dead which
2: promises a little bit of a different movie than you get (laughs) Um, even though that moment does exist and it's a great finale but i almost don't like it because it kind of spoils the surprise
0: yeah because it's only the last 20 minutes is the it uh, is the sorority house massacre where it's it's people versus zombies this isn't a return of the living dead where like once shit gets going it's go once you meet the tar zombie in return of the living dead it's just like go 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 this isn't really like that yeah, and it's more so while not a piece, it's not it's well, not as much of a go, go, go punk movie as Return of the Living Dead. It's it's more folk, if you like the characters in this, you're going to have a great time, I think. It's not a twist, but it is a verbatim uh, line set in the movie. So but you got to hear it out of Tom Atkins's mustachioed voice. So it's just like caramel. Yeah. So I guess
2: my alternate tagline would be uh c- come hear Tom Atkins's pistachio voice. Pistachio
0: voice? I don't okay. What did you say? Mustachio. <laughs> sure. Uh pistachio disguisey. Um
2: Yeah, come come hear Tom Atkins explain his murder plot. <laughs> this
0: isn't the or this isn't the one where a drunk Tom Atkins gets to have sex with a sixteen year old, but yeah, he you wants know, to. At
2: least this movie knew something that every other tom atkins movie i've seen didn't know which is that tom atkins is not a sexually viable lead he's not a love interest and every other movie i've seen with him he's like he's like the the male (laughs) hunk
0: dating the 20 year olds yeah halloween three in particular it is glaring it feels like a late roger moore bond movie where you're like you're like no, you're three times her age. Stop it. Which which in those movies it's like,
2: well, fine, Roger Moore's been bond for twenty years, so at this point he's like a legacy person. Yeah. Where like they could've cast a lot of people, I feel like, for Halloween three. Uh he's also he's also the like romantic lead in the fog. So something about the eighties was like Put Tom Atkins in there. Jamie Lee Curtis looks like a baby in that movie. I know. So at least this movie has like Tom Atkins, where he should be, old and grizzled, angry, and every single one of his lines a yell. Now, I should say, in the other movies he's in, is the that all that is the true, but people are attracted to him <laughs> in a weird way.
0: Is it a Samson thing with his mustache where if they shaved the mustache off, women would not find him so enticing? Maybe, yeah, it's a superpower. He's the he's the John Ratzenberger <laughs> of, of
2: 80s horror movies.
0: Yeah, I don't have any alternate taglines. Uh, nude baby aliens fuck shit up. I also like one that Aaron suggested but forgot, uh, National Lampoon's uh, Zombie Nightmare. Yep, it's uh, very much that. It is that. Um, so I, uh, for 90 second recap, uh, a alien that I think we can assume is infected with a parasitic slug. Unclear. Unclear. I, it could be a wep- a weapon. So the, these fat, naked, ugly aliens that look like Cartman—they look like Cartman that got a li- uh, uh, like lipo- liposuction from the neck down because they're just like these naked, disgusting things, but with these yeah. like, massive heads, but these tiny, tiny little teeth.
2: So I'd seen this movie before, like six, seven years ago, and I really liked it. But I'll say that the second that that opening started with the aliens chasing them uh, through the spaceship, I was like, fuck, that's what this is from. Like, I had remembered the scene and then couldn't fit it into a movie that I had seen uh, until I rewatched it here. And I'm like, oh, this is the fucking movie with those weird aliens that don't show up
0: again. There's a really great looking Blu-ray that's super cheap. So pick it up. Uh, yeah, just give me some. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I meant to the audience. Peter.
1: But I have it, though. Eric. I was Peter. I was pointing at the audience. I Peter, Peter, who are you talking to right now? Look we at We already me. talked about special features.
2: Hold up, hold up three fingers if you're okay.
1: How many fingers am I holding up? Oh my God, you're not okay.
0: <laughs> Aaron, are any of us okay?
1: As far as I can tell, it's zero. <laughs> you're three times worse off than I would have ever imagined.
0: <laughs> I like that we're finding out that you're also really good at math.
1: Oh, my God, I'm great at math, especially if it's single-digit multiplies.
0: <laughs> How's your Latin? Not great. <laughs> What's not great in Latin? Uh, no, great <laughs> God damn it. Okay. Uh, nude alien, baby aliens. Uh, They're the most ugly aliens I've ever seen in a movie, and I'm not saying that as a compliment. It is – I'll get into it, but I have problems with the first act of this movie, and then I proceed to love it more and more as it goes. Hmm. Yeah, I, I think this movie starts kind of rough and then gets great. Um, so, uh, these new baby aliens, there's two aliens chasing one who is either evil or has the slug in him. It's a prequel to Venom. It's a prequel to Venom. Uh, It's the movie Life. Remember how everyone was saying it was the prequel to Venom? Yeah, but Uh, I haven't seen it on my Spooktober list. Yeah, uh, people are saying that. I don't think it's true. It's not. It's not. So these, these aliens are chasing one. They're trying to kill him. Basically, uh, the evil one manages to launch this tube with the slugs in it for slugfest that he wants to celebrate slugfest early launch these tubes off into space it crashes into earth it's not entirely sure whether that's on purpose or as an accident like he just wanted to get the slugs off the ship off- I no i think it's
2: i think it's on purpose because he's being chased by people with guns other I, aliens with guns
0: i don't know i know he wanted to get it off the ship i didn't know if his target as earth was intentional it definitely feels better to say that right I feel like he just wanted to get it away from,
2: from the bad guys, the bad guy aliens or whatever. Or good guys. Oh yeah. Who knows? Um, I don't think he was trying to launch it to earth. I think the body language indicates, um, he just doesn't want it to get destroyed. He, or I think he doesn't want to get in the wrong hands. Yes. Yeah. Now, uh, here's what here's why we're not sure. Uh, we're already here. I'm just going to say it, which which is one of my favorite little jokes in a movie with a lot of fun little jokes, which is we're not sure because the aliens speak and the language is on screen. And then what's also on screen is a translation in a different alien language.
0: Yeah, it's. Absolutely fantastic. As it's a, just as a great joke. joke. Yeah. Uh, and, it, and it's like uh, the movie is making fun of the idea of where does this virus come from? Where does this alien slug come from? Where does this life form come from? It's sort of making fun of that idea. Um, So in our 90-minute recap, I will continue. Uh, Yeah, I'll I'll shut up. (laughs) uh, No, please interrupt. Uh, So it gets launched to Earth in uh, the 60s. Excuse me, the 50s. It's the 50s. Uh, Everything is black and white as it was in the 50s. Just ask your parents. We are at uh, Corman University. Uh, We'll get to that later. this
2: movie has a ton of references to uh, other... I mean, the main uh, female protagonist is Chelsea Cronenberg.
0: Uh, yeah, Cynthia Cronenberg. Yeah, it's Cynthia. Not, yeah. it's not not. Uh, – we'll talk about it later. Anyways, so uh, it's not subtle, especially in modern day where people really like – you can really easily look up horror movie directors' names, like even if you're a casual person. But anyways, so uh, it, it gets launched to Earth. Uh, Simultaneously, while a couple is canoodling in the woods uh, in their, their car, sort of on makeout point, uh, this uh, tube from the alien the alien slug tube lands on Earth. And this couple, you know, decides, you know, let's let's get out of here. Let's go check that tube out. The woman stays in the car. The man being, you know, a you know, dumb man who just wants to explore and is curious, goes to check it out in the woods. While that is happening... Psychopath is happens to be sort of roaming around and he starts chopping up the girl while she's in the car We see a young cop witnesses the scene and then it cuts forward and we see the uh, The cop is now an old man. He's this alcoholic who lives this really depressed life He like just is Tom Atkins uh, Typecast as an alcoholic cop and he basically gets to ride along the movie At the same time as two college kids, two best friends that are roommates are kind of like trying to navigate being weirdos. So they're not like in fraternities, but they want to be in fraternities and they can't seem to make new friends or meet women outside of those fraternities. And uh, in their sort of like quest to meet girls, the main character. Chris. uh, So Chris uh, is is one of them. Chris and JC. JC is a kid on crutches. It'll become important later. Uh, Chris is... uh, a wet in, noodle. A wet noodle. But he falls in love with a girl and JC's trying to help him like talk to her and just like initiate a conversation. Just initiate play play wingman, basically. They decide that the best way to meet women, especially get closer to this Cynthia Cronenberg, is to uh join a fraternity. So they try and join the Deltas. They the, the Deltas as a joke say, If you go steal us a body and plant it in front of a rival fraternity, we will let you in Will let you in the deltas. Obviously, they have no intention of that. The lead of the delta, uh, uh, Brad. Brad is dating Cynthia. Cynthia finds out that Brad is just stringing these guys along. Cynthia kind of like gets angry at Brad and doesn't invite him to the dance. That's happening in the background. Um, and then Chris and JC steal a corpse from the lab, but it's this well preserved corpse from the fifties. They're trying to figure out what it is. It was the couple from the beginning, the man who went out in the woods, he got infected with one of the slugs and he got captured by the university and kept in this cryogenic tube for 50 years or whatever. Sorry, I guess it would only been 30 years at that point. And they let it out. And he starts causing chaos. He starts uh, putting new slugs in people and it starts sort of kicks off the beginnings of a zombie movie where these slugs are the means of transmission. That happens. The movie, things start to get crazy. There's more murders. Uh, you know, Tom Atkins is getting deeper down in the hole because he's getting reminded of, you know, this past trauma. When you walk through the goddamn <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yeah. Tom Atkins watches two seasons of the wire. Uh, He's, he's way down in that hole. Yeah, he, he he doesn't really like the Stevedore season, so he kind of quits no. after that. But it, everyone's saying to him. Like, how does, how does he feel about the serial killer season? He just stops after the Stevedore season. That's season two. So he kind of like gets, <laughs> um, he kind of gets like angry at the world. He didn't uh, not circle he back. Lost he didn't his, circle back. Yeah, here's the thing. After he heard all the good things about season three and four, he just never moved on. Here's the thing. He mostly reads his high school yearbook and thinks about a woman that was murdered in front of him that he was in love with. He doesn't really have like that much time in the schedule for The Wire. Um, Yeah, he's really hung up on that. Yeah, he mostly spends time drinking Miller High Life and um, thinking about committing suicide with his oven. That's most of him. And and telling his stories of murdering someone to a child. Yeah, that he tells Chris (laughs) that, you know, just what cops do, they invite you to their apartment and tell you about the time that they murdered someone. (laughs) And as the movie goes on, it's just more and more incidents are happening in town. It starts to build through the second act into the third act as a zombie movie. An outbreak starts happening. More and more kids are going missing. There's more murderers and creeps around. And Tom Atkins eventually... The corpse of the man that he killed 20, 30 years earlier gets infected with one of these slugs that is crawling around. And Tom Atkins and other cops have to kill him all over again. Then at the end, basically, to kind of bring all these plot threads together, Cynthia breaks up with Brad. Cynthia unites with Chris. Um, JC catches the slug and decides to commit suicide instead of fully turning. And he goes to a... uh, uh, like a boiler room and kills the slugs with heat. Tom Atkins teams up with Chris and Cynthia and forms this like zombie killing brigade at the sorority. And then the last act is this big fucking battle. They kill all the, they call the slugs and in an act of sacrifice in the end, uh, the depressed alcoholic cop, Uh, says that he will kill this massive slug mound, this this mother brain of slugs that is forming in the basement of the sorority uh, with with an explosion and the sorority house burns down. Now, the original version, they just kind of hit that there's like a couple more slugs. In the director's cut, which I vastly prefer, director vastly prefers, I think Aaron prefers. Um, Yeah, absolutely. That's the only one I've ever seen. Yeah, so the director's cut, Tom Atkins' Wanders out, scorched, no hair, and he is a zombie. He just collapses over, slugs crawl out of his brain, they crawl into a cemetery. As that's happening, the aliens show up to reclaim their stolen goods. Yes. God, um, Jesus! That was the most exhausting ninety-second recap we've ever done. How is that possible? Can, it's a ninety-minute movie. You can't even say ninety seconds. There was like, <laughs> that was at least, at least eight minutes. I also listen, like, listen, once
1: you uh, edit look, it down, look, hold on.
2: Okay, here's the other thing I really liked about it. Uh, not only did it have the length of Pulp Fiction, but there were some components that were torn out of order and
1: rearranged.
0: <laughs> here's the thing: and it had the structure as well. I can't like, like fucking remember what order. Th- these pieces going And by the way, this is a movie. Let's get this out of the way. This is a movie I'm really, really fond of. Yeah, um, me too. This is movie I watched in uh, college with a bunch of friends. I wanted to watch it in high school. Basically, in, in high school and grade school, I was very, very obsessed with zombie movies. I still very much like them. Um, and this movie was one of my, like, holy grails because it wasn't available for a long time.
2: Yeah, I uh, I hadn't really heard of it, actually, until I read that AV Club review. Um six seven years ago it wasn't at the vhs you know wasn't at the video store i worked at i never saw it on the shelves of the sun coasts
0: yeah i mean it it has a good cover it's like a tuxedo college kid looking like a zombie like that's a good cover Mm -hmm. and it's got an amazing tagline um well night of the creeps is a memorable name yes it is i did confuse it a little bit with night of the comet the other zombie movie that's sort of similar in tone but yeah it's sort of a little better i don't know I, don't know no, I mean, I I really love
2: both, but I, I'd go comment over.
0: I don't know. I think they're both like four and a halfs. Uh, I got I got stuff I want to fix about both of them, but I really really like them. I, they're both four and a half for me as well. I give the slight edge to Night of the Comet. So you give Night of the Comet four point six? Sure. <laughs> yeah. Um,
2: so I'm not Mike Deangelo <laughs> <laughs> It was um, a it was a ninety six
0: out of a hundred. Okay, to... so no, okay, we have to park there now. What the fuck no, is that I with don't... the hundred point scale? I fucking hate it. It's I hate so, it so annoying. Please, I hate can, it so much. Can you I'll stop go. pretending like there's some sort of scientific scaling that could go on? Like a five-star scale is as far as I'm willing to go. I was okay that Letterbox is it technically a 10 because it does half stars. But like, come on. Here's why this is a bad time to have that discussion. is because we
2: just ran into a situation where we could have used more ratings. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we were, I was making fun of... We're
2: undermining – I know, but I'm saying like – I'm saying one is slightly better than the other, but they're both four and a half stars. Okay, 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 okay. Okay.
0: So, I like this movie. We're really hurting ourselves. This movie was a holy grail for me. I finally saw it in college. I was a big fan, especially as a college kid who could identify with these sort of weirdos. Not because – uh, fraternities. My None of the fraternities at Loyola were – in Chicago were uh, viable for me. So, yeah. So, I, I didn't – I felt like a little bit it, like in college, like even with that, I felt like a little bit of an outsider, like freshman year, like trying to figure out like women and without being a creep. But like also it was like me and my buddies, like just like not quite – there like i also had a girlfriend that i broke up with for like a high school sweetheart i broke up with so i kind of identified with chris chris is kind of a depressed dude i was a depressed dude freshman year like th- th- there was a lot of stuff that i kind of identified with um okay but but yeah i uh, i eventually saw it and i loved it and yeah
2: so so i yeah so i i liked it when i saw it uh if anything my enjoyment of it only went up this time around like it really is this kind of uh, almost perfect 80s horror movie. It's funny, which is not surprising because it's uh written and directed by Fred Decker, who works with Shane Black uh quite a bit in the 80s and also and to this day.
0: And they're they're yeah, we'll get into that, but because I've got a whole the whole thing about that. They were roommates. So Shane yeah. Black like kind of contributed a Little bit to this, as yep. well as Fred Decker contributed to, to some Shane Black scripts, supposedly.
2: Yeah, and they're literally working together on uh, he, he, uh, Fred Decker's working
0: on Predators. It is adorable to me that yep. these guys were roommates back before they were anything, and then as time you know went on, they kind of went their separate ways as screenwriters, uh, and then they're back together again. Like, that's yeah, that's adorable to me. It is bizarre, and I mean, when he made This movie
2: and the other movie he directed, Monster Squad, which I haven't seen, he was like 25, 26. So a real young guy. And it is kind of bizarre that he only directed these two movies. Like, that's it. Uh, But it is just a perfect – like, it's funny. It's campy. It's scary. It's got – you know, almost too many ideas for an 85-minute movie, which as anyone's listened to our Su or Goke episodes or Goke episodes or anything like that can tell you is like, right, is my bread butter.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that, like, that, like, that is us as a yeah. show is like, oh, yeah, throw it all in. Unless it's yeah, Southland just Tales. Keep doing, just keep doing things. Yeah, yeah, unless it's Southland Tales and then I just – Then rein it, it in. Yeah, rein it in. <laughs> maybe yeah uh, I, i'm so, not gonna read a fucking comic book to make your movie that makes sense okay <laughs> let's start back in something you said that you don't like the opening uh
2: and you think it kind of keeps getting better and i actually i think differently i love the first
0: 10 minutes they're You're so the, unpleasant to look at the aliens and not in a way that i enjoy oh
2: see i love the aliens and then i love the black and white like um prelude i, I
0: like l- um i like that too but yeah go on go on sorry
2: no, so I like I like the black and white prelude, which lasts about another like eight minutes. So you have like this ten minute setting up, both the aliens, which come back for the stinger at the end, and then um the world that we're living in. I love you know it's 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 like the Back to the Future thing where 30 years ago and you know everyone had nostalgia for the era. This takes place in the eighties. It's why everything that we care about now is 80s related, because that was 30 years ago for us. Um but so it has a lot of those um parallels to the 50s and the way things changed, and I really like the way that, that it sets sets that up as like a a theme of the movie. Uh, and then I do think that there is some getting going in the movie takes a little bit. I think once it once it gets to the frat party uh and JC and Chris are like uh trying to to talk to um Cynthia, I kind of feel like the movie gets. Not bad, but it bogs down a little bit until it finally kind of circles back to the Tom Atkins stuff. And I really think – and I think the reason for that is that Chris and JC, for me, start off as extremely unlikable.
0: Oh, really? Sure –
2: so, yeah. So, sure, they're surrounded by, like, dickhead jocks, right? Something I don't find as funny as I probably did at a certain point is the, like, nerdy guys are, like, unnecessarily cruel – and mocking to these stupid frat guys like that kind of like one upping people through like, I mean, to use my intelligence to put you down and you're so stupid that you're not even get is it. like a way to impress uh, women in these movies is it feels very poor to me at this point. So, like, that's kind of how it started, where it was just – and also, like, the, hey, you're, there's that girl. You're in love with her. Go get her. And, you know, JC is the friend kind of being, like, a little – felt skeezy. So, I think all around, none of it was working for me. And I, and where it opens up – actually, I'm going to pause there for a sec. Uh, and maybe part of that is because, you know, if, if, if this gets confessional for a second, is that I watched way too many movies and TV. You know, I was not a jock. So, like, that was – my way sometimes to interact with people was to like be unnecessarily probably mean to them as a way to impress people like in high school, in college, early college.
0: Yeah, I think I I think I kind of did some more things where I would I would though. And the weird thing is that I went to a kind of high school where like I got along with kind of all the jocks. I was never I was yeah. a weird kid that was never bullied somehow. I I still
2: remember a little bit like. There was this girl I went on a couple dates with and then she didn't call me. And then I ran into her later and uh, I'm like, hey, why why did you never call me back? I thought we, you know, had a good time. She's like, well, you know, that kind of drunk guy that like came up to us at that bar. You were just like a asshole to him. And I'm like, oh, yeah, well, because I thought it was funny. You know, and she's like, yeah, it well, kind of wasn't. You're just <laughs> mean. And I'm like, oh, I never even considered that that was mean, oh, I'm an idiot, (laughs) someone who's like, uh, you know, and and I knew why I was doing it. I was doing it as a like a way to, oh, look, I'm going to show this girl how funny I am. But like it was funny in a very cruel way. And I was young, but it kind of made me like reassess how I approached uh, making jokes and how I interacted with people and, you know, kind of like discovered a part of myself that I really, you know, it was like the they live glasses and I'm like, oh, I don't like this at all. Seeing like that in like movies now, it's probably why I thought it was funny. I'm not blaming the movies, but it's like that's you 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 always want to be the funniest guy in the room who's making all the cutting jokes. Uh, that works great for sitcoms and movies, not as not as not as good for real life. And so now when I see it in movies, I it takes me a little bit to kind of warm up to those characters. And I see like, okay, yeah. Sure, these frat guys are assholes, but you're kind of being an
0: asshole, too. (laughs) So I've got like eight points to make about that. One of which I also want to confess. No, I also want to confess that in college, uh, freshman year, going into sophomore year, I got so much better sophomore year, I think. Actually, freshman year of high school and college, I was kind of an asshole and then figured things out in sophomore year. Yeah, Um, I'm a slow learner, guys. Uh, Freshman year, I was kind of a dick. I was kind of a dick to certain friends of mine that like right now, like every so often when I'm like working on self-improvement, I was a dick to friends of mine and people that like I thought were putting me down and I thought I had this sort of cachet because I was like a nerdy kid. Like, like, oh, no one can touch me because for years I had been told, like, if you're a nerdy kid, like it doesn't matter. Like you're the bottom rung, like do whatever you want. So like. I'm sorry Nick. Like no Matt, one can be hurt Chris by your shit anyways. Meg, Allie, yeah. I'm sorry that I was kind of a I was I was definitely an asshole. Like <laughs> sorry. Uh and I've apologized to to some of these people over the years to just be like I was a piece of shit freshman year and they've more or less been like Yeah. Yeah. Like that. You were. But like, here we go. Uh, And that's the thing that I I recognize in myself as well. That was something that I had to undo. Like when you said looking in the mirror, like you get a wake up moment where you're like, oh, I am not. I am not the the, the bottom dog. anymore. Now I'm this top dog pissing on everybody. That's gross. Yeah. Yeah. And, And even then it's like because
2: a lot of times people don't tell you. It's either like you do sometimes just have friends that like get used to it. And like, oh, that's Aaron. And we know that that's what we're going to have to deal with if we're around Aaron. And then there's people like, you know, this girl who I went on a couple dates with who was like, oh, yeah, I don't want to go on more dates with him. And so, you know, I'm not going to call him for said dates. Uh, And, you know, I had an experience where thankfully, like, you know, someone basically was like, yeah, you were being an asshole. And thankfully for myself, I took that as like instead of going, oh, fuck you. How dare you? I was like, oh, yeah, I didn't see it that way. But I can understand why you saw it that way, and I'm definitely in the wrong because sometimes self-awareness is not the best strength that we have. And so in my head, it's like, yeah, everyone knows I'm joking. I would never actually want to hurt anyone's feelings, but...
0: You can do it anyways.
2: You can do it anyways. People don't have alarms on them when you've hurt their feelings so that you can go, oh, my gosh, I'm sorry I crossed the line. I won't say that again. People just sit and laugh because everyone else is laughing, and then they go home and feel like shit, and... You know, and maybe you don't realize it, but maybe they don't want to sit, you know hang out with you as much. Yeah. So the these are time. and these
0: are eighteen and nineteen year olds, so they're full yeah. of pride. So like, if they don't challenge you to fight, they might still be hurt on the inside. They've just found a really good way to hide in that shell, and that's like yeah. Trump election really outed the fact that like, oh no, we do not have to have sympathy for for nerds. There was that, and literally, nerds are the worst. Yeah, nerds yeah. are the worst. <laughs> as much as I would have laughed at age
2: 20 of, like, some guy showing off his muscles at a bar to some girl, I would have been like, oh, what an idiot. Like, me trying to make the funniest jokes that are just there to, like, make someone go, oh, that's the cleverest, smartest guy in the room with all – or the funniest guy in the room. Like, I was doing the same thing. <laughs> like, I was just – I was doing it in a way that felt – um Smarter, and then so not only did I was I just as much of a you know jackass as that guy that would do that. I, you know, also had a, a smug sense of superiority about myself, which uh, you know, that guy probably didn't have. Besides just like, hey, yeah, muscles are fun and I go to
0: the gym. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So what is uh, what is the and then what is the deal with the guy that talks to JC? Like that he's talking to Cynthia? Is that his problem? That he's not as smart as JC? Yeah, so that so that felt shitty. JC feeling like the normal friend of
2: like, I'm the sidekick who tries to get my buddy laid. Cause college, like it's, it's not that I was like, I don't like this because this is what every college movie is, but it didn't exactly like make me go, these are two characters I care about in any way, shape, or form. That changed, though, because one of the very clever things this movie does is that it knows it's working with that trope. It absolutely knows that Chris and JC, as presented, are not likable. They're supposed to be likable. College movies set these exact character types up as likable. But this movie knows that their behavior isn't likable. How does it make it likable in one of my favorite scenes in the movie where JC is talking to Chris and he's like, hey, I'm just trying to help, buddy. You fall in love with a new person every week because you are like clinically depressed about this person that you were in love with. And I don't know what to say. So, yeah, I'm just trying to get you to go out there. And talk to people and maybe I'm a jackass when I do it, but I just am seeing my friend in so much pain. I don't know what else to do right now. What I'd like for you to do is get help. And it takes those moments of the guy who falls in love instantly and the, and the, the sidekick who is like, go get some and completely turns it on its head. And that's. That's about the point in the movie, too, where, like, everything changes for me. And it's not just that Tom Atkins gets introduced and more slug stuff starts happening. But it is that these people aren't the faux heroes of the movie. They are just like... 20 year olds who don't know what they're doing let's let's kind of circle back to uh to some of the other stuff in the movie but i do think that's why the second the the kind of immediate stuff following the black and white scene when it switches to the 80s the like the next 20 minutes i think is the the, the lowest point in the movie
0: again it's not bad but i really think that's where it
2: think, uh, it kind of dips
0: i agree i think i think we actually weirdly enough uh agree as a whole, that the first act is a problem. I think it establishes the characters in a way that hasn't aged well. I think it, I think it establishes them as very close and friendly, which I find sweet. Um, JC is clearly, like, watching out for Chris, which you would expect the inverse out of a dumber movie. Yeah, I
2: thought when you said first act that you meant, like, the the two kind of, like, prologues, which I love.
0: I love the Black and White Prologue. I think the alien prologue uh it's such
2: a good it's such a good joke and it's such a good out of nowhere one like these movies rarely had something as like major as like. An alien war delivers these slugs, zombies slugs to turn people into zombies. I do see it's this a, sort of an it's a good Gag. Mars
0: thing though, and like a lot of movies of the era have stuff like this. But this is this is better than at least the one in the thing, which is the it's only, only two. Thing it's I, only two minutes. The only thing I don't like about the thing is the flying saucer at the beginning. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Um, yeah, I hate, I hate it, but like the, so that might be more indicative of my. But like, this like it
2: doesn't. Like this doesn't matter because you don't. Because you don't need to – I think I think the tag um, – you know, horror movies always end with like one thing survives. So the fact that this – or at least the director's cut ends with like three slugs coming out of Tom, at- Tom Atkins' head and then they go to a graveyard where a fucking giant independent state size spaceship is like hovering over looking for them is like a great uh, – a great twist at the very end but also – A nice little take on the uh, there's always something left. It's like, oh, yeah, there's something left. But now there's something much bigger looking for it.
0: Oh, yeah. And I I really like I think the ending makes the beginning feel more whole. Yeah,
2: Uh, I think that I agree. Without that part, it'd be weird.
0: Yeah, I think that it makes the two because I think the movie needs to be framed by the alien thing so that you at the end you go with a sense of surprise go oh, they were watching over us the whole time. The frame is really creepy and cool in a way that I don't think that the the initial beginning of the movie is. I think the initial beginning of the movie is just kind of ugly. Well, also, I don't I don't think that there's, like, a mystery. Like,
2: any movie can have zombies. It, it could just be, you know, something in the lab that got out, and boom, they're zombies. Like, you don't need that much to have zombies. So I, I like this idea of that, uh, you know, it's not necessarily zombies. It's it's the fact that these bodies are – these people are killed and then their bodies are controlled by slug-like aliens that we don't really under uh, – we don't really understand.
0: And I grandly prefer it to the Return of the – then to the Return of the Living Dead thing where in the Return of the Living Dead, they go, hey, remember Night of the Living Dead? Uh, oh, I, fucking, it was I real. love that. It was real and it was way worse. And I, I, yeah. I'm always like – I feel like you're shitting on Night of the Living Dead and like you're just hijacking, you're just piggybacking. It's okay. So really? So if you'd like, we can transition this into stuff that doesn't age well, stuff that doesn't age well. I think just like that didn't age well for me. I think all the horror movie names didn't age well for me. Yeah, it doesn't age great, but it's kind of cute. It was, I think at the time it would have been, I would have. I loved it. So it was made for an audience in the eighties that didn't have IMDB. If you were a horror guy, you had to like get a Fangoria subscription or whatever, uh, a Rue Morgue subscription. You had to dig into the archives. Yeah. You had to get the microfiche out. You had to get you had to get some real microfiche. Okay. You had to be like the Swedish chef for microfiche, okay? You had to be throwing microfiche everywhere. Okay. And saying micro, micro, micro. <laughs> Right, for that's the Swedish chef yeah, yeah, for okay. micro yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Thank you yeah. for for kind of carrying my backpack for me for a little bit. So um, uh, new character, new character. <laughs> He's gonna be back quite a bit.
2: Micro fish. Wait,
0: hold on. No, that's not even. That's not even the Swedish chef. Is not even the fish dude. He's obsessed with turkeys because you go gobble gobble. Uh, fish. No, but he just mother. does I was just doing it
2: in the tone of like Borga, 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 Borga Blue micro. yeah. Zealand
0: Is the Are guy you saying that the Swedish g- chef never made a fish? The Swedish Peter? chef probably prepared Many fish meals okay. over time What I'm merely saying <laughs> What this comment presupposes Is that there were multiple Muppets That Maybe were involved in fish activities And that one of them was more predominantly fish associated Well, one was a juggler of fish, yeah, but uh, New Zealand, who I'm referring to, mustache, uh, sort of yeah. frilly collar, or red shirt. Yeah. He was a, a thrower of fish.
2: Oh, right, he didn't juggle them. Which, is, I mean, to be fair, part of fish. juggling is throwing. Yes, yeah. yes,
0: uh, very good, very good. So throwing and catching.
2: Yes. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> why don't why don't people just call? Uh, why don't people just call throwing uh, juggling without the catching? <laughs>
0: Because <laughs> that would just be tropic, right? Like I, usually yeah. And then we don't fuck up juggling. You don't go, god damn it, and toss the balls at people. I'm, I'm gonna start to say when I teach,
2: when I play catch with my daughter, I'm gonna be like, great, great juggle without catching.
0: <laughs> you're, um, you're oh, we're gonna need a shorter name. <laughs> I can't come up with one. Quite. Uh, where was I? <laughs> I don't know. 20 minutes ago? Fish? Microfish was in there? Oh, so my point was that uh, I think that back when you had to actually do some research or read credits and shit that, like, normal people were not willing to do, normal people now just use IMDb, right? Like, that's not, like, a super nerdy thing. It's just, like, a regular sort of nerdy thing. Yeah, and I think because of IMDb, like... Directors' names
2: are more prominent. Like people know, it feels like back then you had like Lucas, you had Spielberg, but it wasn't as uh, mainstream to like know every single director as it is now.
0: Yeah, so I think uh, I think that Quorn University and you know Cynthia Cynthia Cronenberg and there's a character named Carpenter. I think at the time was probably cute hasn't aged that well for me um what do you think about it uh like i said i think it's still i think the obviousness of it is has has flipped around to also kind of being cute i I mean also all these guys were kind of friends like him putting carpenter in the name is uh indicative of the fact that they were friends with carpenter carpenter almost directed the shadow company script so, yeah, so when you I mean, in the 80s, it probably
2: felt like if you were watching this movie, it felt like a cool in joke that you knew you were one of the few people in the audience that would get. And now it is so fucking obvious because all of these directors, some of them went on to amazing careers. And so I, I feel like the obviousness of their references in some ways has aged adorably.
0: Um Yeah, yeah, I guess I can see from that perspective, especially it gets extra room for the fact that this is a kooky like a uh, campy horror movie where when the final threat shows up to siege the house for the final 20 minutes of the movie they throw in a amazing catchphrase they don't they don't have watch girls crying in closets or whatever at the sorority they don't have tom atkins like sitting down staring in a glass of whiskey like smoking like no, like, yeah, you know, I wish I'd died twenty years ago so I didn't have to face this. Like, there's no, there's none of that. It's just like straight up, like, let's fucking own this situation. So it, it's Miller time. <laughs> yeah, it's a cartoon. It's camp. It's, yeah. it's not. It's not supposed to be be more annoying. I just wanted to ask you how you felt about that stuff because I find it. I think less cute than people would have at the time.
2: I, again, it, it's it's like crossed over into adorable. Everyone gets it, but how funny did you guys? think you were being thirty two years ago. So so yes, yeah, so uh I, I like that. I like the obviousness. And this movie does a really good job of something that we talk about a lot where it is a horror movie. It is scary. The effects are gross. It has some good freak out moments. It has some good scares. But it's funny. It's it the funny the the comedy does not it's not a parody. The comedy does not come at the expense of what's happening on screen. You know, it ends up being a horror movie with comedic elements which is one of my favorite
0: like mini genres. Yeah, I think it's a true horror comedy in the sense that it also has this is something we haven't talked about yet. It's true horror comedy in the sense that it has uh great special effects. The Amazing. So what's your since since we're we're going to be running short of time here, what's your favorite special effect? My spe- my favorite special effect in the whole movie is We're going to say the-, the exact same thing. I just know it. Okay, let's let's try this. No, I want the- you to go the hatchet- first. The hatchet killer, when he gets his head blown off, it's a skeleton guy, and then fucking slugs fly everywhere. And, yep, my favorite part as well. <laughs> um, yeah. And uh, the the flashlights, the, the, the lights through the bullet holes. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. It's such a great sequence where they find this dude and it has dramatic import because they've spent way too much time setting it up. Yeah. And... It just, he, was it just yeah, like, he was a slug brain, yeah, and it's like a slug brain, and it, and he blows that head off, and it appears to have killed like one or two slugs, and then a bunch just escape. There's
2: and there's that great moment. So how the slugs eventually get to to the boys that are going to pick up all their dates at the sorority for the dance is that yeah that happens, and then they all literally just go on the bus that's taking the, the frat boys to the sorority house. And now they're all uh, zombie monsters that lay siege. The The whole siege is great, uh, besides Tom Atkins being awesome and all the uh, sorority girls uh, fighting back and, and, you know, everyone kind of grabs a window. Like there's a lot of um, there's a lot of a- active participation by everyone that's fighting back, which is nice. It's not uh, Tom Atkins Superman saves the day of all these defenseless women. Uh, which I appreciate.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's not uh, – and then when, as soon as uh, Chris hands the flamethrower to Cynthia, Cynthia is fucking gung-ho. They're just this like – Yeah, pur- Cynthia's so good. So it's weirdly like becomes a romantic movie in the sense that you don't think about romance this way. But like that is really what romance is in the long term, which is two people working – Yeah, working happiness con- is a warm gun. Happiness is a warm gun. That's so true. I love when um, the Beatles said that. Oh, yeah. No. And I'll tell you what. Here's something you don't might not know about the Beatles. They beat all. They beat all. It's Rolling Stone confirmed. Rolling Stone's confirmed. Um, so so I like I love it. But that is, that is love. That is love. Like these two people working together in tandem and just taking turns. It kind of reminds me of the thing video game where you have to soften the target with bullets first and then fry them with a flamethrower. Peter, do you want to watch the thing? Yeah, I want to watch the thing. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. You know, when you watch thing. a movie that it's like only four and a half stars.
2: You know, it's kind of like what am that, I doing get here? That fifth one. So you, yeah, you saw a ninety out of a hundred, and you want to see a hundred out of a hundred. Yeah, what am I doing here? Um, so uh, let's there's so much stuff to talk about. Let's just let's just rapid fire you know, some Aaron's scenes that thrilling. we really liked. <laughs> yeah. So well, I do why like Thrill Me. We've not talked about Thrill Me yet. What? The so fuck let's talk about Thrill Me. So that's Tom Atkins' catchphrase. Uh, I should say Tom Atkins on the documentary said this was his favorite movie that he ever worked on. Now I haven't, as far as I know, I go watch the Halloween Three
0: <laughs> uh, documentary on that Blu-ray, and he says the same thing. But That'd be awesome if he just kept yeah. saying that on every single interview documentary because no one would catch him.
2: Well, they're all released by the same company, though, so someone might. Someone might catch him, but no one would correct him. So he's really good in this. Uh, he has a couple of my favorite scenes. Uh, actually, I think he has my two favorite scenes in the movie, which is the the when he confesses that he murdered someone in cold blood. Uh, because, as you do. Uh, as you do. Uh, it has a great, great line. Which is after he tells this long story to Chris, who's just sitting there, he doesn't get to the point about how it relates to the current situation. And Chris says, so other than confessing to a murder, is there a point to this story?
0: It's <laughs> a really good line. Can I guess what the other scene is? Yeah, go for it. When he's introduced as an adult, he's presented as drinking out of a coconut on a beach. Uh, no, that's <laughs> great. That's my favorite thing in the movie. That
2: is great. My favorite, uh, my favorite Tom Atkins scene where he actually stops yelling and being angry at everyone for one moment and like has to play kind of cool, uh, is the, when he tries to requisition, um, uh, when he tries to requisition the flamethrower.
0: Oh my God. Yes. And that he,
2: scene is so good. And it should, like, he really has been, like, it's almost a joke. Um, I, which, which 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 may be a purposeful joke by by Decker, where he is first moment on screen is screaming at people for no reason, which is such a funny Tom Atkins joke because he always plays these uh agitated characters, and there's like there's no break from here, there's no build, he is just yelling at everyone. So to have him play like casual goofy to try to like sneak past a, a flamethrower without getting
0: caught, so good. And let's not skim over the fact that it was up against the amazing Dick Miller. Yep. Uh,
1: 179 fan. film yep. credits.
0: I had to write that yep. down. 179 film credits before he retired in 2015. He was born in 1928. You can do the math. He is a million years old. Uh, Dick Miller is a hero and that he pops up in a movie and I'm just like, oh, Dick, my old buddy.
2: Yeah. Well, it's conceptually on point because it's funny that he just goes to requisition the flamethrower. It's funny that Dick Miller is kind of fine with it. He's like, oh, yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. Well, if we got to get that. uh, I don't get the the sense that this is the end of their friendship. (laughs) <laughs> I don't get the sense as the end of their friendship. I don't get the sense that he hasn't been there before to requisition the flamethrower. Like this is this is something that does not raise uh, a lot of stink. And he just eventually is like, "Yeah, I just need that paperwork, though." Uh, I love it.
0: Yeah, that is uh, that is a great sequence. I I'm gonna agree that t- Tom Atkins is like he's becoming memeified in recent years, and I'm so for it. I just want to mention Dick Miller's also there. Meme him too.
2: Great guy. Yeah, don't 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 leave out don't skimp on the memes. Yeah. <laughs> that's a that's a phrase that people understood ten years ago.
0: <laughs> I love the fact that like I love the fact that Tom Atkins has these, like, he's just like in this like really goofy comedy, he is this like comically depressed dude like the idea idea (laughs) of him reading his old high school yearbook to look at pictures of a girl that died 30 years earlier is like mind-blowingly depressing and yet it is not it's just the movie skims over it the movie does not skim over the fact that he is clearly about to gas himself before the end of the movie yeah he stares at an open oven for a very long time well then he walks out uh burnt to a crisp
2: but he's tom atkins so he still has like eight steps left and that's when he falls over and the and the slugs come out that's uh, we should also talk about uh someone that he's got a really good acting relationship with in this movie and i think they play e, uh, off each other well uh it's the fourth build lead and that's his 12 gauge shotgun <laughs> <laughs>
0: he he holds the shotgun like it is You know, you know how samurai talk about their sword becoming an extension of the arm yeah. He looks like he should always be wearing that trench coat. He always looks like he should be holding a Miller High Life bottle in one hand. And he looks like he should be glued to a pump-action 12-gauge shotgun. You know how samurai always talk about their sort?
2: <laughs> so he's he's just like a samurai. Well, here's Because the thing. he is constantly like, don't worry, got my 12-gauge. And then he's... he's he's like are you ready yeah let's do this and opens the trunk grabs the 12 gauge
0: (laughs) i you know he's the sort of i've always said this like these like little like jokes that i've never been able to fit in my own writing but one joke is that like you know the guy that cocks the shotgun for dramatic effect if you cock a shotgun and it's already cocked it just ejects a completely great round like a completely functional round tom atkins don't give no shit (laughs) i love the idea of him cocking it for dramatic effect and he's like Hey, did you want to like load, load another shell in? And he's like, (laughs) he's like, well, that would not look cool at all. I'd have to like crawl (laughs) on the asphalt. Like I wouldn't do that. It's also like when you know a little bit about guns, the fact that people cock guns at people's faces in movies, it's like, well, you haven't, I mean, it works in cowboy movies because like you had to cock the gun because it was a manual receiver gun, but with an automatic handgun, the work's done for you. Like the gun should be enough. Yeah, the gun should be enough. <laughs> you don't have to like be like, "Well, I got a gun, and the gun makes a noise."
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, oh uh, yeah, all here If you get a gun, just put a warning siren on it. So you just press a
0: button. <laughs> yeah, like, that that means I'm close. Yeah, you're gonna die a eight hundredth of a second faster. I don't know what's going on here.
2: <laughs> what else didn't we talk about, Peter? That you wanna
0: you wanna call out? Here? Absolutely nothing. I have nothing to talk about. No, um, I, <laughs> I I, think this is such a fun movie that kind of flows from scene to scene that it's like easy to forget small moments. But I absolutely love that towards the end of the movie, uh, they finally pay off a joke that's a very traditional like structured joke. Which is, there's a door in the side of the building, this sorority house, and then the first time she opens the door, there's a cat there, and the cat does a spook scare. And then the second time, uh, you know, she opens the door, and nothing's there. And then it comes back to it a third time, and there's actually a zombie there, and when that happens, you're not like, oh shit, there's zombies in the building, you go like, dumbass, you had, <laughs> you had two chances to learn not to let this fucking cat in the building. Yeah. Uh, no, exactly. That is a weird thing about the movie. She discovers a zombie cat in the second pass. The movie kind of gets away from that. There's like zombie animals that like kind of just go away at a certain point. Well, look. Slugs.
2: Alien brain slugs that may or may not be used in alien warfare. May they're or not. Spe- they're. I mean, they're obviously not speciest because you have to assume that they implanted into these little pig human hybrid aliens that are running around. So, obviously, Peter, they're just, you know, they don't see species. They That's
0: they so just beautiful. go
2: whoever's available.
0: That's I so mean, beautiful. I mean, yeah. I think it Important is. Important any storm,
2: really. I think, if anything, watching this movie, we learned a little bit about
0: <laughs> ourselves. It does actually remind me of uh, two movies that I really like and everybody else in the planet Earth hates, which uh, is uh, Prometheus and Alien Covenant, which... Uh, really get into I don't them. think that's fair to say everyone hates those yeah, it's fine um, it'll, I really like it'll them. help create Both. a cult if everybody hates a movie except for like 10, 10 of us Aaron like it'll help create the cult um, oh so this is your new way to get friends yes um, a, this is a bold strategy that is working out great. Uh, I like a movie that got 65 on Metacritic. <laughs> um, uh, They're all against us. <laughs> it, the, some of them are against us. Yeah. Um, oh. So it kind of reminds me of that where it's like the aliens just want to. Get in something, which is a a very, like, let's get back to the horror of this. This is a very creepy concept. The idea that these slugs, like, just get into whatever organic thing they can get into and form this sort of, like, unified front. It's a zombie movie that, like referencing last week, uh, it's a zombie movie that lets you see the virus in real time, and it lets you fight the virus in real time, but, like, you are probably not fast enough for it. So having such a bleak ending that not only... Is the cemetery going to be raised from the dead? These aliens are coming back, and they probably don't care about us. The aliens are not there to help. No. Uh, no, they don't give a
2: shit about us. Yeah. They are specious, unlike their their chemical slug warfare.
0: <laughs> so, I like the idea that these slugs are just like, we can adapt to any surface, just like planet to planet. And that is sort of a hint for, for next week on Slither uh so yeah you know and that i think that almost leads
2: us into a good wrap-up moment because sure this 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 these conversations have been a little light on substance and i do feel like the movies that we're doing right now and something we talked about last last week where we were like we we consciously made a decision to give spooktober as much room as it needed to breathe and have as much fun with that and do movies where we don't feel this like obligation of import where they are fun four, four four and a half star movies that should be absolutely added to your watch list but like it's it's a great uh this is such a great you know it's it's a, it's a meal but it's like it's it's not the healthiest meal like it's a good
0: it's a good pizza and a beer <laughs> it is a pizza and a beer movie and this is also a pretty good spooktober movie because it is a party movie this is a movie that'd be really party fun yeah. to watch with with people uh assuming you've seen it before i think because i would like for you to shut your room up for yeah,
2: shut the fuck up when you're watching night <laughs> of the, shut the
0: shut the fuck up for like the the, the great Kick people lot. out of your house like you literally like, ruined the party like you know like, you know, like, a line is coming up. And you're like, wait, wait, shut up. This is going to be great. Um, yeah. Make it a party movie, but be ready to ruin that party at a drop of the hat if someone so much as opens their goddamn mouth. <laughs> oh, you were having a good time. You were having a good time. Why don't you go fucking home and talk to yourself, you piece of shit. I want you to write eight
2: apology tweets to Fred Decker and one to Shane Black just to be <laughs> safe.
0: And then someone's like, I'm sorry, Aaron. And then they actually use the thing from The Simpsons where it's like a, a chalk that has uh, like eight points on it. So you can like put eight <laughs> chalks in it He just writes all the apology <laughs> letters to everyone involved in this film. And, but he has to write the title on it at least. Like, I'm sorry, Tom Atkins, and then start form letter, you know?
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, Tom Atkins, although to be fair, he should be sending the apology notes probably. Why not? I don't see why not. He's he's done some stuff. I imagine.
0: Yeah, I imagine he's not he's, too proud of. Uh, Tom Atkins uh, has shown his proclivity for young women in his films. I imagine, even though he's probably like ninety years older than you, I, I imagine he's dated all of your ex girlfriends. I hope so. I can't grow mustache, so you better watch out, dude. If they want a mustache, they gotta go Atkins. <laughs> oh, is this that Atkins diet I heard so much about? <laughs> so you have sex with Tom Atkins so much that you just. It's just the pounds. You lose 30 pounds. Yeah. Don't like Uh, bread. Thanks to Tom Atkins workout plan. I'm the envy of all my friends. Uh, (laughs) So my final thoughts in the movie are similar to Aaron's, which I did not expect, which is I think that the first act is a little clumsy in terms of establishing characters. And there's some plot stuff that gets, that's messy, but uh, as it progresses and it becomes more of a, a wild crazy ride and it becomes more of a party movie where you like know who the characters are and they're just kind of like going through horror scenarios. Like after the first 20, 30 minutes, the movie improves dramatically. I'm a big fan of this film and the, the camp of the horror comedy over. Um, it is, it is very funny. Uh, the, the Shane Black Fred Decker influence does show, uh, and yet, it is also uh, pretty creepy. So I think it fits perfectly in Spooktober. Still very happy with our uh, our choice to do Slugfest. Yeah, I think once again,
1: if anything, it only justifies our decisions and says that Slugfest was a win on
0: all levels. <laughs> I like the idea of a sincere <laughs> press release delivered in <laughs> Slugfest voice. We're really trying hard, everyone. <laughs>
1: Please give us the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> Last quarter's profits on Slugfest have not been promising. Therefore, this this
0: semester we will cut slugs in half.
1: <laughs> I just like the idea of, like, using
2: the voice to justify decisions that may not be shared by people. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I thought if I let the dogs out early, they might be in the house. <laughs>
0: I decided to make 90 quesadillas last week. That should feed us for the next three months.
1: You've never heard of a freezer? <laughs> I feel like my slug... I don't know if it's because I'm tired and losing
2: my voice. I feel like my slug fast voice has changed. I think I got to compare to last week's episode and this one. Because the last thing I would ever want to give someone, Peter, is an inconsistent character.
0: <laughs> Here's the thing when david bowie wrote the song changes he was thinking about this specific moment oh is that what so the line turn the space of change yes
2: that is what it was about (laughs) is that that the line yeah yeah that's it turn and face the change
0: yeah sure that's it
2: that's it Uh, uh how about how about uh time can't change me time can change me Oh, my God, I've never been on the spot knowing uh, Changes lyrics. I would have thought I had it down. I'm going to give myself a D (laughs) minus.
1: I'm going to give you that D. Aaron gets a D minus on sudden knowing all the lyrics to David Bowie's Changes. You
0: know, it gets more and more disrespectful the longer he's been dead. I mean, I could sing other probably David Bowie songs from start
2: to finish, but I guess, you know, Changes... It was overplayed on radio, so even when I got the album Hunky Dory, I tend to skip it. I'm a monster.
0: That's so true. Uh, is it is it the um, Don't Stop Thinking About Tomorrow of Rumors that for me, where uh, I lo- yeah. I think Rumors is think a perfect so. album, but every time Don't Stop Thinking About Tomorrow comes up, I go, no, no, and I just smash next. Um, so- Transition. Next week, Slunkfest. Next week, Slunkfest. Back fast. in action. Back in action. We're going
1: to have Slither featuring Morgan Runis. Runus, I think, maybe. Morgan Runis. Aaron will edit whichever version sounds better. Now I'm forgetting, or I could have been saying it wrong. <laughs> Aaron will consult the Facebook Messenger app for this editing decision. Yes. <laughs> uh, and then after that... And then we're gonna be wrapping up the month with Shivers with Beth Powder. And then we may just have we may just have one more episode. We're definitely gonna have one more episode. We just haven't decided what it's gonna be yet. Mainly because we keep forgetting to talk about it on Facebook Messenger. Aaron and I have different approaches to professionalism. His approach is, let's be honest and straightforward, mine is to ignore the problem until it gets so big you can't solve it. I feel like when you're here, you're family on our podcast, <laughs> and I want to make sure that people get the truth right from mom and dad's mouth. <laughs> when you're here, you're familia. <laughs> I'm not going to be able to recover from that. I think we should just end the episode. That's a perfect bookend. <laughs> Unlike the bottomless breadsticks at Olive Garden this must this podcast must come to an end yum yum in your tummy <laughs> good night night but i'm
0: listening to we love to watch thank you so much for listening to our show and we've got just a few quick announcements for you there ain't nothing in the rule book that says that we can't do some of our own plugs baby if you'd like to talk to us uh tell us we're stupid tell us we're beautiful the quickest way to get to us is our facebook group facebook.com slash we love to watch or our website, WLTWpodcast.com. Leave us a comment. Tell us we're doing a good job. Only tell us if we're doing a good job. We're so sensitive. We're sensitive boys. We're soft boys. And uh, if you'd like
2: to help other people, if you enjoy our show and want other people to be able to listen to this fine, fine program that we produce at no cost – We don't get any money for this. You guys have yet to pay us anything. We live and we breathe off of good reviews from iTunes. So if you would please go to iTunes, review our show, give us a positive rating. We would love to get
0: more and more people involved in this show and this community. I know you hear it all the time, but it really does help. And we're also available, if you don't use iTunes, we're also available on Google Music, Stitcher, tune in we're currently on soundcloud we'll take that out if soundcloud goes away <laughs> that's it thanks
2: for listening stay tuned guys on our facebook page especially we're gonna have a lot more polls a lot more prizes and a lot more uh, interaction with you guys so keep it tuned in uh let us know what you guys are thinking and again above all else thanks for listening to we love to watch